Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Daily Freedom. I'm your host, Fernando Lopez, and today I have the pleasure and honor to be interviewing my new friend, Jesse Karras. Jesse is a general creative and philosopher who I met through a very fun way. He was doing, uh, he was, we were attending a seminar on uh, communication, mm -hmm. Masterful yeah, Communicator, yeah. Uh -huh. and you were there with uh, the third day you brought one of your projects in. Yeah, yeah. And that project is Laugh Shots. Yeah. Uh, and then sure. today you introduced me to a new project I didn't know you had, <laughs> which is have a great uh, <laughs> shit or shot, depending on how you want to interpret that. The best bathroom book. Yes. And uh, your other project <laughs> would be Common Respect. Yes. i uh, love for you to, uh, well, I'm going to be asking questions regarding those. Thanks okay. for saying that. Absolutely. Yes Thanks for interview. inviting me on to your show. I, I like this. I like this uh, informal kind of just relaxed setting. I feel like it's the in-between two ferns and hopefully not as hostile. <laughs> no, yeah. So hopefully, you know, we're going to put our differences in, uh, outside uh, the the first, the second time we chatted was at your home, and uh, uh -huh. we were having such an amazing conversation. I said, yeah, yeah. "Man, can you imagine if for the last forty minutes, uh, you know, other people could uh, have heard what we just shared?" Absolutely. Because I think we're having conversations that could uh, inspire people to have more joy. Yeah, I agree. With that. And that's why I absolutely took your invitation to come on here. And so this is great. And talk about your future too, right? Yeah. Your future of what you see with uh with the things that you Yeah, and, and so basically, you know, what what you've done with with the invitation, it sounded like, you know, you wanted to get my my take on the future of things and um so, yeah, I just wanted to expand on that a little bit more, but also get your take on things because it feels, you know, it's a collaborative effort in that way. So, yeah, totally. Uh, how about we talk a little bit about uh, this book? Like, why did you start? This OK, book? well, the background in this book is, is very silly. Um, I was watching a comedy special with Jim Jeffries and it was, it was um, he's talking about teaching his son how to shit. And at the same time, I had a book on my coffee table that said how to sit. And I thought, wow, wouldn't that be funny if I did a book on how to shit? And it was just a crazy idea. You know, and I just, I act on my impulses with these crazy things. And so I just did a little bit of research and there was a couple of books out there and I just compiled a little bit of notes. And six months later, the book was done. That's all I know what happened. I don't know what happened, but I just kept researching it. It was funny. It was interesting. And it just, it kept coming up to me that this is a really important subject. It's taboo. And I thought, I just had this way of approaching it that could be like um, accessible to people, funny, you know, let's talk about something that's really important. So, you know, it's, it's very well <laughs> researched. Uh, one of my, <laughs> I just read something. here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm serious. When I pick this book up, I can't put it down because I start laughing too. But um, uh, no, one of my friends is a doctor and he actually wrote the forward for it. And, and um, I got him to approve it. He went through everything in the book and he said, everything's perfect. So I was real happy about that. But I also tried to put a lot of humor it's, I didn't, I had no idea I was this punny until I wrote this book. It's filled with puns. It's, it's a lot of fun. So it's, it's been. Uh, Dr. Charles Hamori. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he's a local uh, doctor and a great friend and a fellow burner too, actually. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yes. yeah he's a really great guy. And um, so I showed it to him and, and he said, Hey, it, it, it meets all this criteria. Yeah. It says here, uh, page 122. <laughs> Farts. People <laughs> fart an average of 14 times a day. Only 1% of your fart cloud is stinky. A fart travels at seven miles per hour. 
But SBD, silent but deadly variety of farts, are the result of bacteria fermentation that release methane and sulfur in your gut. Wow. It's there. It's, yeah. Which why it smells more. This is rich with data. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff in here. And, um, you know, the one thing that I, I'm most proud of, you know, obviously there's a lot of funny things in here, but the thing that I'm most proud of is this fiber chart, which didn't exist. I had to call the FDA and uh, go through and, and compile all this stuff. And so basically if somebody's aiming for, you know, an ideal fiber, this categorizes it by the, um, the amount of fiber in each food, which wasn't really easily accessible. So I, I'm proud of that. But it's just a fun book. And I, I did all the illustrations myself. So that was... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's... <laughs> wow. You're a great drawer. <laughs> Thanks. Great artist. Awesome. And yeah, so you yeah. mentioned burner. So people that don't know what a burner is. Yeah, burner. Burning Man. So I have I have a history with Burning Man. My uh as I was just telling you, I was there in 2004, 8, 10, and, and 18 was my most recent year. Uh, I have some great experiences there. And as I told you, I actually got married at Burning Man in 2008. So that was quite a trip. It was a lark. I was the, my partner. We're no longer together, but my partner at the time, we just decided to elope. And that way it would just be easy to take care of, like, you know, not having to invite everybody. But it was a really interesting experience on the playa. Lots of people came together, lots of interesting synergy. So it was a really unique and fun experience. Yeah. yeah. And for people that don't know what Burning Man is, what is Burning Man? Oh, wow. <laughs> That's a trick. <laughs> Sorry. How much time do we have? No. I'm, uh, no. The, the nice thing oh, is not Burning Man. Well, you know, the nice thing is a lot of people understand what Burning Man is. There was a time when I went in 2004 when nobody knew what Burning Man was, or very few people. And so I, I got into this whole script of explaining each part of it. But, you know, I think the, uh, well, I'll just say, you know, a lot of people know about it. But I think the, the thing that was transformative for me and got, got me to really um, see things in a different way, kind of like when I saw the movie The Matrix. After that, it kind of warped my reality for a little while. I was like, "Oh, is this real?" You know that kind of thing. But the um, the decommodification de or, or something along that lines—I forget exactly how they phrase it—but it's the uh, it's the gifting, the idea that you just gift without an exchange. So most people think of gifting; they think of barter. Like, well, I'll give you this, and then now I'm going to wait for something in return. And when you experience a, a week of people just coming up to you and sharing things with you without any attachment, it really, it really activates something in you to like think of ways to do that with other people. Mm. And that really was strong with me because I, that it's like, oh, well, you know, I'm here to, I'm here to share my gifts, not to exchange, you know, wait for something in return. Um, and it's not, I don't see that as like, uh, um, you know, at odds with capitalism, like you could say, well, you know, we should get out the system. I just see it as complementary to that, like in the sense that, you know, we can be generous with our time or with our energy and with our money um, and with gifts and not not look to receive all the time and, and the joy that that can bring to give somebody a gift. So that to me was the most transformative thing. And it's one of those things you just, you, you can talk about it all you want, but when you're at Burning Man, you experience that, it kind of rewires how you think about things. And like I said, so that year that I went and every subsequent year, I really put a lot of effort in to try to bring things that would bring people joy and happiness when I shared it with them. And, and it worked. It was great. You know, one, one year I just, I loaded up um, a big thing of horchata. So I brought horchata to the playa and put the ice in this. And then I forgot sugar there. You know, I was like, oh, I forgot to bring the sugar. And I just walked into the camp and the guy just gave me a whole thing of sugar. It's like, here you go. And it was just like, everything comes together. And then 
you know, people are hot and dry out in the, on the playa, and suddenly there's this guy that shows up with a, a five-gallon thing, you know, of, of ice horchata, and you're like, where did you come from? Where have you been? All this, you know, it's like awesome. What is horchata? Horchata is a Mexican rice drink that I'm very uh, familiar with and very... Uh, delicious. Delicious, yes. Um, and then, you know, other years I brought red vines, you know, just handing out red vines, and people would love that. And one year, uh, the most recent year I went, uh, it was hand lotion. Like you just bring hand lotion and everyone's skin is dry. And they're just so thankful for that. They're just, just looking for little ways. But then, you know, the, I think one of the, the things about Burning Man that's cool is, is, you know, Burning Man's its own little, you know, little um, microcosm. And it's it's not realistic in a lot of ways. It doesn't transfer, you know, completely, obviously, to the real world. We don't we don't operate that way. But you can bring parts of it to that. And so you can look for ways to give people gifts or joy um, and things like that. And so that that was my takeaway from Burning Man. Yeah, mm -hmm. same same here. The gifting was huge for me to be walking in the middle of the desert and all of a sudden mm -hmm. seeing a party with, say, a <laughs> car that was transformed into, say, uh, a coffee mug. Like I <laughs> yeah. So it's a coffee mug and, and a huge coffee mug with two people inside and the coffee mug is moving uh, and, they're, and they're giving out uh, bulletproof coffee okay like the uh, the ghee with coconut okay. uh, oil and and experiencing gifts and i remember uh using sticky notes um so my do you have a playa name coconut coconut <laughs> of course your playa name is coconut <laughs> i'll ask in a minute why uh and it was chosen or given it was it was chosen actually but i'll explain that oh, okay so um my plan name is love letter love letter oh nice yeah okay. so i'll come up to people with a, uh -huh. a sticky note like this uh -huh. and a pen and say uh, can i write you a love letter or yeah. can, would you like a love letter do you sure. love love letters and then say yes and i'll be like is it okay if it's um uh, participatory that's you and I that created and it will, yes so I write I, I would write the words without them saying seeing seeing it uh, one thing I love about myself is dot 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 and I'll give it to them and say okay now you finish the love letter oh that's fantastic man I I so it's people like you that make Burning Man like fantastic it's no <laughs> look, like all I need to do is come across like two or three people like you at Burning Man and I'm like man I had the best burn <laughs> seriously <laughs> because it is that it's that kind of magic it's that kind of disruptive in a good way it disrupts you out of your you know this this idea of humanity or yourself or how you relate to other people and Burning Man is really you know it's just one opportunity obviously we can do that in the real world it's just you're going to be met with some resistance initially like what's going on here what's the what's the you know, what are you up to? What's your agenda? Whereas at Burning Man, it's it's assumed that you don't have that agenda. It's assumed that every camp that you walk up to, you're going to be invited in. You see what I'm saying? It's just a given. Whereas in the real world, they call it the default world that we're in. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of like, well, if I walk up to a camp, you know, if I was at a, a KOA or something, and I walk up to the camp and go, hey, can I join you guys? Yeah, they might be cool with it, but they might be like, well, what's going on? You know, I, this guy's a little forward. Whereas Burning Man, a lot of that's that's out of the way, and that that creates a lot of that you know that that ability to go deeper, quicker, and and, and I love that project. It's great, the love, love letter, letter. And, and then that's your name. It's like right there in your name, and so it's always an opportunity to just keep doing that that activity. I love it. That's yeah, great. totally. And what I notice also about Burning Man is that people they embody personality types, so they embody ways of being that is I never seen before. So mm -hmm. the container, the framing the context for Burning Man, I think it's it's rich for people that want to say elevate or or grow in ways they they didn't do before, 
because mm -hmm. of uh, context or or uh, location or environment. Mm -hmm. So in Burning Man, I think it's it's a fertile environment for transformation or exploration of uh, experimentation. Like you want to experiment okay. something, yeah, yeah. Go to Burning Man and be you know bring your own say set of intentions or allow your you know uh your mind to be do something you never expected before and tell me about your co the coconut why coconut oh you know i was just eating coconut on the playa one day and i hadn't really you of course, know you were in the middle tried. of the desert yeah There's yeah no resources and this was to be fair this was like 2010 so this is before coconut had its moment you know there was a, a point where like you know about 2011 or 12 or everything was coconut and like coconut was this big fashion thing before so i, I was like became avocado. yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> i was coconut before coconut was coconut okay okay <laughs> no it was just like uh it just it just resonated with me and i thought it's a, it's a sweet little name um and i had a bunch of like costumes that had like this this uh fake rabbit fur on it and stuff like that and so just very white looking and it just it just resonated with my my uh person because other people had tried to give me names and they just weren't quite landing i was like eh, okay thanks for the you know but but anyway so that was that was my thing is coconuts <laughs> oh, speaking of uh rabbit ears uh did you ever hear did you ever see the um uh, it's the walk of the bunnies they go from center camp to to the man <laughs> No, I haven't seen it. So it happens every year. It's oh, a parade. Okay. It's a okay. bunny, bunny parade. Okay. And then uh, I experienced <laughs> then a second group. The first time I saw them, I experienced a second group. So there were a lot of people with white ears, uh -huh. bunny ears, or dressed as bunnies with onesies or other costumes. And then there was a second group, and they were all orange. These people were dressed as carrots. <laughs> I love it. See, and they had signs like, let's be friends. <laughs> let's be friends let's like, yeah, don't yeah. eat us let's be it is really cool. well it, hundreds of people like marching group of uh bunnies in a group of uh carrots like right behind them well and i like those i like those opportunities because you can do social commentary and you can do it in a form of play and that that's why that event and you know it's not, burning man isn't the only opportunity for that there's other regional events and there's even smaller you know friend friendship type of things that you can go to um, camping trips and things that that you can uh, bring these elements you don't have to go to the big burn it's a big commitment to get out there it's a lot of dust it's not for everybody but I I, I resonate what what with that event what resonates with me is just the the um the freedom to be silly I love the absurd I'm always attracted to to the absurd I love that one camp that's called safety third you know it's just like things like that like are just like it, it's it's it resonates with me not not everybody but um and so i do try to think about ways to bring that into into the, the the world and this book is part of that you know this this is kind of an absurd idea you know so it's it's funny it's silly um and then it seems like it's it's absurd within in a context that is sustainable so it's like a sustainable uh, absurd yeah. well it has a purpose behind it yeah and the same thing, you know, you, you mentioned lap shots and, and obviously that's just a, it's a photo booth business, but I, I'm trying to bring into that, you know, people's ability to play in the absurd. So it's got a bunch of, you know, silly props and things like that. And I'm always amazed at the prop combinations, like hats on top of wigs and glasses and this and that. And it's, I like that people feel free to play in that realm. Mm -hmm. And so I want to create more opportunities for people to do that in this world. I think that, you know, sometimes we can get a little too serious we can look around. We we you might get frustrated at at the way things are in the world, um, and you know we can we can plan to work 
through those things uh, as a society and as individuals, I think it's really important. But it's also important to take time, I think, to to play and find our joy because that's what fuels us to keep going forward. And if we're doing our mission well and we're having fun doing that mission, we're going to attract other people to do it with us. You know, like I said, if you're if you're you know if you want something to happen and you're you're attacking the other person because they're not going along with what you're doing. The inverse of that is that you're having so much fun doing what you're doing that you you want to attract them into what you're doing because it's so fulfilling and they want part of what you're doing. So it's just a different way of looking at things. Totally. And that leads me to my other project, which is Common Respect. Um, and that to me, that project is about, you know, it's, it's initially getting people on the left and the right together um, in this country, the conservatives and the liberals, that kind of thing. Um, and, you know, I've been looking at that it was just an idea. So I put that together as, as a website, uh, with a, with a, um, with a pledge on it And the pledge is to speak with respect, listen to understand and seek positive outcomes. So that's, that's the idea behind it. Um, but as, as this project, you know, I launched this about in June as the project's going on, um, I'm also revisiting it and re rethinking about that message and how to get people more together. And I realized that one of the things I want to do with that project is add more humor, add more levity to it. Because if we're always just working on, we need to figure this out, um, we're missing the opportunity to just be human with each other, sit down and have a conversation and just enjoy each other's company. I think people are going to be much more receptive to hearing your point of view when you're just real with them, when you just accept them for who they are. Um, and so that's been a journey in that sense. And I'm trying to bring some of that levity, that joy, that spontaneity, that silliness into that project right now so that's that's where i am with that um, i love that a lot uh reminds me of uh when you talked about uh fun uh reminds me uh the book essentialism Do you, are you familiar no so this book uh talks about how um it's important to know what is essential in one's life or one's values okay. so one can say no to most things in life mm, so okay. uh, he or she can say yes to very few things Mm. And one of the things the author, one of the last chapters mentions as essential is fun. Mm, mm -hmm. It's it's not a bonus in his <laughs> like, in his view. It's yeah, not yeah. A, a, a like a privilege. It's essential as yeah. in like life. Yeah, like to that level. And um, and so it's he's yeah. So when you mentioned like to bring levity and fun, it reminded me. Of yeah, that. it's important. We all like to play. We all like to have fun and we're, we're all seeking that permission. And I think, uh, you know, sometimes we feel the gravity of the importance of, of conquering big issues. You know, we're, we're, if you're tuning into the media a lot, you're, you're reminded that there's big issues. How can you possibly stop what you're doing and have fun when there's all these pr problems happening or things to solve? And, and, and I think that, uh, I think that, you know, connection, levity, and laughter are the way to solve the problems. They're not just, mm. they're not an avoidance thing. They're not a, um, they're not a way to like, you know, hide from it. It's the opposite. That'll give you the, 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 the energy and, and attract people to your cause, you know, and, and uh, when you're seeking that commonality and listening and, and uh, like I said, it's, it's a, it's a balance of things, but I completely agree with that. Like the fun and the humor and the joy um, is what it's all about. And, and some people are stuck in figuring out how to find that. Um, but I think that it's, it's more accessible than, than we think it's, it's, it's really just a mindset. It's not, it's, as I see it, it's not a set of circumstances. It's more of a decision and a belief system. Okay. Yeah. So deciding to say, see the other person as a human being and, uh, yeah. and respect 
their uh, views and then connect. Yeah, connect. Connect yeah. on mainly on the things that are uh, where they uh, overlap or where the values. Yeah, overlap. yeah. I remember you mentioning um, the uh, percentage. I believe that most people are actually not opposing, even though they might be one left to the other one right, liberal mm -hmm. conservative. Mm -hmm. That most people in the U.S. actually they agree more with one another than disagree. Yeah, and and what's really interesting about that that's that's absolutely true. And then what's what's more interesting one of the statistics I put on one of the little ad campaigns I was doing for the website um, it references a study uh, from Common Ground, just an organization, and it's if you Google search it, it's called Hidden Tribes, and it's this extensive you know, it's like 50 or 100 pages long. And it does really deep dive into the fact that America is not red or blue. We actually have seven different segments according to the way that they're doing it. And there's all sorts of variations in between there. And there's overlaps in lots of areas. So this idea that there's a left and a right in this country is just extremely misleading. And it's also what's causing a lot of this, this, you know, so it's like, if you're left and I'm right, you know, it reminds me of the Dr. Seuss, the Sneetches, you know, one had stars and one didn't. It's like, it's not like that. It's like, there's, there's a whole spectrum of beliefs. Some people who you would consider one thing are not the other. And the one thing I tell people um, one of the, the real uh, interesting statistics is that there were 8 million people who voted for Obama that voted for Trump. So 8 million people, well, what, what, how do we classify people that vote one way or the other like that? And so it just shows that there's a lot of complexity in our, in our belief systems and to not, not generalize, not characterize, not, you know, allow people to speak and find out what they're coming from, you know, it's really, can be really interesting, enlightening, um, and uh, yeah, you can you can learn a lot just by just by uh, listening to what people where are people are coming from. And most of the time, when I you know I have conservative friends and I have liberal friends, and when I listen to my conservative friend points of view, I find myself nodding on a lot of things, going, "Yeah, that's great." And then it, it helps me, you know, uh, to like you know sh share the information back and forth. So when I talk to my liberal friends and I'm, I like share with them perspectives from the conservative friends. Then it's like, hey, maybe there's some compromise here. How how does this look when you know maybe we can integrate some of these things more or have having a you know have more of an appeal to one way or the other? Because you know I I think that's a really good thing to to look at it and to stop generalizing each other as one or the other. Mm. We're we're complex people. Hopefully you're a complex person and you know you have ideas that maybe don't fit completely in line with one political ideology or the other. Um, and I think that's a sign of respect. That's why my my project is called Common Respect. It's like the respect is in the listening and how we talk about each other. Um, and that's another thing, um, you know, calling somebody a Trumpie or somebody a, you know, a liberal, a bleeding heart liberal, those those things are, you know, pejoratives that that don't really help connect. You know, they, they stereotype people in one way or the other. Um, and... Yeah, so I'm just trying to like give people the the opportunity to take that down a few levels, reconnect with each other, and look for ways to affect positive change. The slogan of that that project is "Positive change starts with you." So, mm -hmm. and I I really believe that. And so, even one on one, we can all start affecting a positive change. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really important message that I've, right. I've you know internalized is that you know even if you're out shopping somewhere, you have the ability to change the world right there in the interaction with how you interact with the person who's checking you out at the line or letting somebody in front of you go in front of you. If you have 
you know, more stuff than they do, things like that, you can really affect change on an individual level. And that, that it feels good. I mean, we're, we're wired to be communal. Um, and that feels good. I mean, does that resonate with you? Yeah, yeah, totally. And um, I think what, what a huge aha from what you shared um, at Masterful Communicator, uh, when you presented about, about um, common respect was that there are more people that are actually they respect one another than not mm-hmm. and then and perhaps then the news or that the news i've heard it might be saying the opposite but data says that more people actually agree mm-hmm. than than disagree on on common values on how to yeah. um how to go about things and it's very few people that are disagreeing in the mm-hmm. grand scheme of things and and that was very refreshing you never heard that mm-hmm. uh, before so let's say uh it's 10 years in the future mm-hmm. and common respect has taken a life of its own and 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 people have um decided to uh do something that uh will they'll be proud of for their kids for their grandkids mm-hmm. what what does the the some of the uh results or some of the milestones that have been achieved look like in your opinion for what you see for the people in the u.s as having more common respect in in politics um just exactly that a lot of common respect a lot of just understanding and realizing that people can hold different beliefs and we're not going to attack them we're not going to defriend them they're not going to ostracize them if they have a different point of view we respect that and we seek to understand what what that comes from. It doesn't mean that we don't act on what's important to us. And it doesn't mean that we don't act with even a lot of intensity behind what's important to us. Um, It just means that we don't cast the other aside. We don't cast somebody as somebody who's not worth our time. Um, That to me is important. Uh, And we we do find ways to work together. And and more importantly, like I said, uh, you know, I think that we're, we uh, we seek to work on projects in ways that are productive for for society in general, um, and I and I think that's what most people want, honestly. But they're a little bit stuck on how to get there. I think, you know, when social networking turned to social media, and the social media then had the algorithms that were designed to keep us engaged through generally um, negative information. And, and, and this is common knowledge, you know, most people know about this now, it's, it's widely reported on, but I think we're still stuck as far as what the future of that looks like. So that's not something that my project addresses, like how do we fix social media or, you know, disentangle media from, from those algorithms and that, that way that we consume it. But I do think that, and, and one of my, uh, one of the campaigns that, you know, I have a couple of little ads that I put with common respect. The other one is don't click the rage bait. You know, and, and that's something so in in that way, it's like, you know, the media will do what it's going to do. And there's always going to be incentive for if it bleeds, it leads because that gets our attention. We have a negativity bias that, you know, things that are negative, we remember it more and more. We want to find out what's going on. And that's that makes sense biologically for us to do that. But I think also my hope would be that people become better consumers of news, that we that we're critical thinkers, that we're um that we process information, we slow things down a little bit. We, uh, you know, we look a little bit deeper. We question ourselves. Uh, self-awareness is a real, um, a real cool thing, I think, and that 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 we can recognize 
you know, it, it's a tall order too. It's you got to do a lot of work to to be at a level of self-awareness to realize, oh, these are my shortcomings. This is my ego talking, you know, I step back. But on the other side of that um, is like, you know, when you can really get there, it's really freeing because then you're not, you're not a slave to what other people are telling you. And you're not a slave to your own negativity or your own biases. You can kind of step past that. You can recognize, oh, this is my ego talking. This is, you know, and, and better connect with people, I think. So and that would be my hope. And were you um, were you always uh, this say conscientious or calm or peaceful, or did you have a turning point where you you know went through a transformation? That well, I, I've I've gone through lots of transformations in my life, and I'm an only kid, so I had a lot of time to sit <laughs> sit and, and think about this kind of stuff. Um, but uh, let's see, yeah, there's been a lot of like small moments but I think one of the biggest moments for me more recently was that I was I had a divorce I was in a divorce in 2018 and it wasn't something that I expected was going to happen I expected to be with this person for the rest of my life and so that when that trajectory happened um, I was very committed at the time that the divorce was part of my life but I didn't want it to define my life so I had to do a lot of research in that and I wanted to make peace so that I wanted to understand it and I wanted to come out of that as a growth opportunity rather than something that would constantly, you know, that I, when people talked about, you know, their exes and, and how they hate them and this and that, I didn't want to be in that realm. So what that allowed me to do is, is think about like, you know, divorce in general. Like, so one of the things I, I ended up running a divorce support group, I went to this, this group on meetup and I really liked the people at the group and the organizer stopped showing up and paying the dues. So I'm like, I guess I'll take it over. Wow. So, and then at that same time, I got this great book on, it's called Rebuilding When Your Relationship Ends. Um, it's a fantastic book. It's for people who are going through either, a, it could be any type of relationship or it could be a marriage or uh, just a relationship. It's also for people dealing with grief, maybe loss of a, a loved one or something like that. Um, and that book, you know, allowed me to grow and see things in a more healthy way. And so now I look back at that, that, that moment, that fracture of my, what my old paradigm is a, is a real positive thing. It really brought me to be more self-expressed and meet a lot of great people along the way. So I'm actually quite, you know, I look back at that moment and I'm, I'm thankful that that happened because it, it taught me a lot of, um, it taught me a lot of understanding on, on, preconceptions it also showed me like another side of grief that I hadn't really experienced up to that point because like I said it wasn't something that I planned and so I had to do a lot of processing and thankfully I have an amazing mom an amazing dad who I call him you know all, all hours of the night and I probably did two hours of therapy <laughs> every day for six months between the two of them and I worked through it all and they were fantastic with just you know listening to me but it also gave me an understanding where other people are are can be in the grieving process and so now when I come across somebody who's grieving I have a, a on anything I, I think I have a much more of an understanding of what what they're going through um or at least more of a you know of a feeling that no like I know it's right for you you know and this is this is this is what will work just to be with people and 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 not try to um not try to change them or minimize their grief I think you know for me and for other people I've met, you know, oftentimes when somebody is in a grieving state, the first response is, it's going to be okay. You know, look on the bright side, that kind of thing. And that's the total opposite. When you're in a grieving mode, you need somebody who's just going to listen to you, um, be there with you and, and, you know, ask you 
how what how they can best serve you. Um, and so that's that's that was a good experience for me to come to that realization. That, oh, that's wonderful. And um, really, I love the topic of relationships. Um, from that book or from what you say if if you could share one or two pieces of advice from the book or from what you learn about your divorce well the the book has this fantastic uh um illustration they have these little stick figures right and they show the different types of relationships as stick figures so like um you know like two of the one of the stick figures they'll be joined at the arm but they'll be facing in opposite directions and yeah. so they have a they i forget all the names for it but they that's one where they're connected but they're kind of in opposite directions there's one where the one is on down on their knees and the other looking up and so there's this kind of like you know this and, and all of these dynamics are are like you know and i'm trying to think of the name of that one but it's like the worshiping one or something where there's a you know it, it works because the other person is putting the other person on a pedestal and then there's there's like six or eight of them but the one that 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 the author promotes as the most healthy is when the both partners are standing across from each other, but they're kind of like locking arms. And that means that both people are healthy on their own, but they're choosing to be with each other. And that to me is, is you know, you're, you're not needing, you're not, because one of the, them was also like an A-frame where they're both dependent on each other. So if one falls, you know, there, there's always that dynamic and there's nothing wrong with any of these dynamics. And and they can be very comforting, but I think there is something, you know, really powerful about when both people can stand there and freely choose to be with each other rather than have it as a need or, a, you know, a completing of the other person, things like that. Because when, when those dynamics happen, uh, there's a great opportunity for disappointment. You know, when you're relying on somebody, if they don't meet your expectations, uh, then, then it's like, oh, then this can't work or you know it can be it can be problematic and so that to me is the is the ideal dynamic and so that book really illustrated that literally literally with stick figures yeah it was really cool <laughs> so if you ever get a chance i don't know if it's easy to google but um but yeah it's it's a it's a it's a great book awesome it yeah. reminded me of the book attached oh okay Are you familiar I, I is attachment styles yeah okay i know of it but yeah i haven't read it okay. yeah you reminded me of that book that yeah and that's so all those things in relationships in general understanding love languages is great the attachment styles are great um and just communication styles like um understanding that about about people and and wanting the best for people not wanting necessarily what's always right for you i think that can be really uh freeing for somebody you know because uh, maybe at the end of the day, the person that you're with isn't the, isn't is going to do better if they're not with you and vice versa. Um, and so to always be open to that possibility, um, but also working towards what you want together. But at a certain, you know, if, if it's if it's no longer a match, you know, recognizing that um, and I don't really have any advice for that other than just to say, you know, um, coming up with regular communications and things like that. You know, one of the things that came up uh, that I wanted to share um in as far as relationships go in that that one that we went to uh in the masterful communicator is in the evening carrie margaret who's a great um is a great coach counselor uh she she had uh, the topic for her dinner event that that evening was sex and relationships and so i was like oh, this sounds really interesting i'm always interested in relationships so i asked everybody around the table what was your favorite relationship advice and one gentleman said that you know he and his partner would say what they each night they'd say what they appreciated about each other what they were withholding from each other 
and what they wanted to create together. And I thought that's a great way to communicate. You don't have to do it maybe every night, maybe once a week or something like that. But the idea is that you regularly check in with each other. And so these things don't, they don't go unsaid. And I liked the withholding exercise particularly because it can go either way. Like I withheld like, you know, a positive thing. Like when you were at the store and you gave that person an extra, I didn't say anything, but I, I thought that was cool. And it also could be like, I'm withholding a concern about something or, and it just, it just creates a really nice dynamic, I think. So regular, regular communication with friends and partners, I think is, is uh, also helpful. Yeah. Wonderful. Could you talk a little bit about after you had the six months of therapy of two hours a day with your parents? <laughs> yeah. And uh, perhaps you decided to uh, start uh, dating again or be in a relationship. What was the transi transition like? And coming from the point of view of, I see you as a very uh, loving, caring person. And, um, and so from, from the point of view of men or even women watching, listening, they can hear what you went through to, because you, you, you told me a little bit about what's been happening in your life. And I, I'm mm -hmm. very happy for you. Thanks. So yeah. what, what happened in the transition that you could see other men or women, people that just went through divorce doing when mm -hmm. they are ready to uh, find a partner again or start dating again? Well, you know, for me, uh, and it's it's interesting that you mentioned that because that was another project that I was working on. It didn't come to any fruition, but it was, um, I was working on a project for helping men in, uh, relate better with women um, because I was having success in that, in that realm in meeting female friends and connecting with them. Uh, and it, it was, it was going really well for me. And then I would talk with other uh, other men who were really struggling with it and so I just did a lot of research with it and I uh, enlisted the help of both my male friends and my female friends to kind of come up with a summary of it and I ended up um, sharing that information at a couple men's groups actually and and people generally liked it I just never transitioned it into something that like is it a book or something that I regularly do but the idea was um for the for men in particular, it's uh, it's to take the expectations off the table uh, for for sex relationships for anything like that, and to really you know I use the sales analogy and and, and you know, it sounds kind of awkward with dating or relationships. How does sales equate? But a, a really good salesman or salesperson would be somebody who who really focuses on what your needs are. Because if 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 you want if I want you to buy something that I have, I'm going to find out what your needs are, get your needs met, or show you ways that my services can be a fit for you, rather than this is what I want, you know, um, you know, or asking for the sale or getting you know greedy about it, things like that. So I just kind of use that analogy, and and for the men that I shared it with, it was really helpful. So, um, you know, it was like, oh yeah, I'll put my attention on the other person and and their needs obviously you have to take care of your own needs as well. And so there, there is that, that limit in finding that space. But uh, generally speaking, um, when you come back from, you know, you, coming back to the, our Burning Man thing, when you come from more of a place of generosity, I think people are more likely to be generous back to you. And when you come from a place of what's in it for me, or this, the exchange has to be even, right? Like, you know, the back to the barter thing, you know, well, I'll give you this, but then I expect that. Well, that's that's got expectations in it, and and uh, 
you know, one of the things that, that I, I, I discovered years ago was that expectations, unmet expectations are the root cause of most anger and anguish that I found. And so if you can minimize those expectations that you place on other people, um, that really it helps them to be more free and, and, and want to come and to explore what you have to say or your offerings or what your needs are. Um, so that's really helpful. And one of the things I'll, I'll say more about that is that, you know, you asked me before this interview, what book changed my life? And that was The Loving What Is. And that book to me um, is about minimizing your expectations, more specifically about people. But expecting that people are going to be the way that they are is a really hard thing for most people to do. And I'll say that again, expecting people to be who they are is extremely difficult, but it's so obvious. I mean, for me to expect you to do something other than what you're going to do is crazy making, right? I mean, it sounds crazy, but that's how we most of us operate. And so I think letting go of those programs and expecting accepting people for where they are it doesn't mean we can't work to help people see things the way that we want them to see but it just means that we're going to recognize that people are their own um their their own personalities their own people is there how much hope is there for then newly divorced people well i think it's a process for me it was a um it was definitely, you have to give yourself time. They say there's a ratio of how long you've been together versus how long you need to heal. I think you you know, we all know when that time is there. And if we have friends, they might let us know, hey, it's time to move on. But I think part of that grieving is also just letting yourself grieve. And that's where, again, that book comes in really well. It's, it's actually uh, um, split into 10 chapters. And you can do it as a group. Uh, you know, when I took over the divorce support group, we had like 10 or 15 people and we decided to do it as a, it's designed to be done as a 10 week workshop. So each week you work through each of the stages of grief to get to the point where you're free again um, through your relationships and otherwise. And it's, that was really good. So just recognizing um, that it's a process um, and that, you know, the other thing I'll just say about divorce in general is that, you know, Prior to my divorce, I, I looked at people who were divorced as, I looked at it as a failure. Divorce is a failure. It's a failure when, and I've come to see it as, as not as a failure, but as a sign of growth and change. And if you as an individual said, hey, Jesse, I'm doing a lot of growing and changing, I'd say, wow, for now, tell me about it. But the problem is, is that when two people do a lot of growing and changing, sometimes it's uneven and it creates a split. But it doesn't negate the fact that the growing and changing was taking place. So I, I came to realize that, that not all of it is equal and not all of it happens linear. And sometimes that, that needs to uh, happen in a different way. But um, so that's, that's how I've come to see that anyway. I remember meeting two couples. The first one was in Florida. A friend of mine and her ex, they have a annual celebration mm -hmm. and it's their divorce date. <laughs> and then okay. the second couple at Burning Man uh, went to one of their parties and was their divorce uh, celebration. Mm -hmm. So they meet once a year to celebrate mm -hmm. their divorce and it's friends mm -hmm. and it's and it's love and it's party. It's it's, it's uh, it was like, wow. This is amazing. Yeah, yeah. This is amazing um, how people can take relationships to a level that I didn't know existed. Well, and that's the thing is like, think about those people that were doing those celebrations, right? 
you know, you have this time period, and let's let's not even call it a marriage or, or any type of relationship that ends. There is that moment when you decide to be in a relationship together where there's a lot of value and there's a lot of growing together and you're learning a lot. And you're having a lot of fun and all that. And to negate all that, it'd be just because that growth was uneven at the end and you needed to go through separate ways. To negate that is, is a missed opportunity, I think. And so maybe that's what I think when, when you're sharing with that celebration, it's like you're celebrating all that joy that you did have together. Why? Yeah. You know, why, why not? And now you're in a new phase and that's great. It doesn't need to negate that. But I also recognize that, you know, um, that that might be the ideal. And if people don't do that, I wouldn't judge them for that. That's 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 a lot of work. And that's a pretty special situation. I, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> I personally don't know anybody that would that that has done that but cool for them for them for doing that yeah indeed um how about we talk a little bit in the next few minutes um up about the the projects that you're having so we have laugh shots you have this book mm -hmm. have a great shit and come and respect yeah uh who are some of the people that you love to connect with to say so you know be part of the vision for any of these three? Well, that's a great opening question. So I'm working on a letter to Michael Moore right now. Um, Michael Moore is a very influential podcaster. He's got a podcast called Rumble and he's got like a million or some people that listen to it every week. And I like to listen to all types of stuff, conservative, liberal, middle of the road, libertarian. I just like to understand where people are coming from. So I listen to his show and I think that he's He's got a really big heart. Um, but what I, what I do notice about it is that sometimes he refers to us and them, the left and the right. He's, for anyone that doesn't know Michael Moore, it's definitely more on the left than on the right as, as a spectrum. Um, but I think that he's missing an opportunity when he frames it as us and them. Sometimes he said, he'll, he'll refer to the voters, like there's more liberal voters than conservatives. So we got to do this, there's more us and them. And I think that I wanted to share with him my project and invite him to not see it as an us them type of situation that, you know, if you can still fight for your ideals, but you don't have to fight against people, you can fight for what you want and invite other people to become part of that. And by, and that's why, you know, common respect is really about speak with respect. Um, you can talk about Trump voters. If you're Michael Moore in a way that's respectful, that doesn't disparage them. Um, and that lets them feel welcome to come to your ideas. You know, they might actually, they might stay in the conservative realm, but on some issues, they might be like, I'm going to get behind Michael Moore. But because he labels us and them, well, there's no, there's no room for me to come into the them. I'm, I'm over here. You just told me I'm over here. And I don't want to maybe fully come into what you're doing, but I stand behind what you're believing. And so I kind of want to create this environment. He says he reads all of his, his uh, emails. And so I'm like, I'm going to write a good one. <laughs> um, so I've been working on that for the past two days. And so I'll probably send it in the next couple. That's amazing. Um, how about laugh shots? Who uh, would be someone that you could uh, connect with to advance uh, the laugh shot? Uh, well, business. Laugh Shots is just, a, like I said, it's a fun uh, side business that I've started. Uh, it's a it's a take off of my um, original photo booth, which is just a camera in a, in a screen that sat in a corner and it had a bunch of props on it. This is totally different. As you saw, it's, it moves around on a tripod. It's got all the props on it. So, you know, suddenly you're at a party and you look and right behind you, the, the laugh, the photo booth has found you. It comes to you kind of thing. So it's got that neat element to it. And I, I just like to bring that to more events, probably like weddings, I think would be a good 
opportunity or, or um, parties, things like that, where people, um, where there's a lot of activity and it's got a lot of lights and fun stuff, as you saw. So it's, it's just, it's just my enjoyment. Um, and I also made that particular one. The old one used to have a, a, a lot of expensive equipment in a, in a photo printer that sat there. So it was expensive. I had to like charge more. This one is very inexpensive. And so I like that the price point's lower so that, you know, I can hopefully have it at more events. And, and ideally, I'd like to have many of these around or even in other cities where people can be uh, working it and having fun with it, making a little bit of money on the side. But for the most part, it's just fun going to the events and, and having people just smile and laugh around you. I mean, who's not going to want to do that? So that's wonderful. Yeah. How about this? The project of this book have a great uh, shop. shit shop. <laughs> Like, no, no, that's cool. Who, who would be a great person for you to connect with to uh, support you on this project? Well, that project, this this has been fun too. Um, and I recently did a a little campaign with with my dad where I had him dress up as Santa, and uh, the caption was "Ho ho, holy crap!" So, <laughs> you know, um, and he's sitting in my bathroom reading this book, and so I'm just like just showing it for fun. Um, it's it's anybody who finds the 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 subject interesting or maybe has issues with it or maybe has you know friends or, or relatives it's actually just a really good bathroom book more than anything it's you know you can just pop it open and and read a couple pages and get a laugh but also if you sat down and really wanted to understand um you know like i said it is doctor approved so it, it does go through all the all the things <laughs> chapter three pain in the ass <laughs> constipation immediate relief laxatives prevention Oh, so good. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of fun. Like I said, um, in, in none of these projects, I'm like, uh, they're, 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 they're fun things for me to do. You know, um, I don't feel like the, the need to necessarily hustle them in that way. Like I'm, I'm just putting them out there. And if people find it fun, that's great. Um, that That's fun for me. I just want to keep it interesting and, and cool that way. And so and like I said, I've, I really like what, what you're doing and all this stuff too. Like, um, you know, this project is great. And when I, I see this and I've been listening to your, your podcast, I'm just like totally excited about this. And, and um, yeah, I don't, I don't know, like, what's, what's your uh, vision for, for the end game on this and have you, you know? Yeah, totally. So the end game for me is to have kids uh, grow up in a world where most adults are role models. So wherever the kids are, uh -huh. whether they are in the house, outside of the house, playing in the neighborhood, that adults are role models. And I believe for adults to be uh, role models, they might want to do some work, make decisions mm -hmm. to leave the past in the past. So mm -hmm. release traumas, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and uh, or process or um, be in the moment, be here now mm -hmm. and create mm -hmm. and look towards the future and realize how parents feelings and, and, and what they go through get passed down to the children mm -hmm. and if parents were better children healthier children mm -hmm. at the spiritual mental emotional physical levels then it's it's partly starts with them even though the the the, per, the child will become an adult and will be their own sovereign being that if the parents which most parents do love their children with you know all their heart and and unconditional love mm -hmm. that to realize they cannot hide things from children Mm -hmm. even if they're not speaking mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. children are getting the energy from the parents mm -hmm. and then they the child will process if the the parent is not doing it mm -hmm. their work the child will do it either by sickness or by uh you know uh being rebellious you know something mm -hmm. you know so that's my my end goal is to bring 
wellness to uh, to people. So what kind of hosts or, or sorry, what kind of guests do you want to have on your show? And what, what do you hope to get from them? Yeah, uh, it would be people that have a, a vision and a future that will uh, that align with kids being the future mm, and who yeah. must I become so kids naturally grow up to have better problems that kids will have different upgraded problems okay that's one you know when I when I become a father that's what I want for them oh, for them not right. to have my problems for mm-hmm. them to have new better problems oh that's a, that, wow very remarkable I love that and so what, uh, is there any particular guests in mind that you would love to have? In your oh, show? oh yeah. Uh, um, my goodness. Um, let's start, you know, with the, the big ones, Tim Ferriss. Okay. Instance. Sure. Elon Musk. Okay. Um, Tim Cook. Let's start with the guy, Jeff Bezos. You okay. know, let's, this is yeah. the guys that are, you know, being in the news. Um, and cause I, I believe they have, uh, they have, they are role models to some people. Mm-hmm. So I think it's um it, it'll be very cool to have them on the show and and people like you. you yeah, know, yeah. That that it's no, it's it's living great. an amazing life uh-huh. with time, mm-hmm. which is I think the most precious currency. Um and that's a good that's a good perspective as well. Yeah. I would be I would love to hear what what those people would have to say on your show because oftentimes when we listen to them they're more in a in a controlled environment or or the questions are very like you know uh can pre- i pause it for a second yeah all right hang on let me pause this as okay well, we're back okay <laughs> nature calls sometimes <laughs> yes anyway well yeah so what i was what I, my my uh perspective on that would be it would be interesting for you to interview people with such an outsized influence on our culture, because I would be able, I would be curious to know, like, and especially when you ask more in-depth questions, how they see themselves, you know, in that role, what, what is important to them and, and are they reflecting on their roles in society and the type of influence that they have? And that's part of my reason for writing Michael Moore with my project is that, you know, I'm not going to wait around for him to come to me, but I'm going to mention to him what I think is important um, in a way of being, um, that's helpful for him, but, you know, cause I, I get a sense of who he is on his podcast, but like these, the, some of the people that you mentioned on yours, we don't really hear from them. They don't, they don't have podcasts that reveal what they're thinking or how they're feeling. And so it'd be interesting to know. Yeah. Yeah. I've been watching some appearances of Elon Musk on some conferences. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like uh, and I've been following with the Twitter uh, layoffs. Mm-hmm. I start paying more attention to say how to bring where um, wellness to tech companies mm-hmm. for people that are getting fired. And uh, so I've been uh, looking closely at how what he writes on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And then now you know there was a tweet uh, yesterday about Apple perhaps taking uh, Twitter out of the apple store mm. and the tweet today from Elon musk was thanks tim cook the ceo mm-hmm. of apple for walking taking me on a walk around the campus the headquarters mm-hmm. for apple so mm-hmm. they're they're chatting they're mm-hmm. meeting in person so i'm like wow this is so nice mm-hmm. so you went from you know elon saying hey did you guys know that apple has a secret tax of 30 percent on anything that's on the apple store mm-hmm. so a little bit of Truth, I wouldn't say truth telling, but, exp- you know, uh, um, 
not attacking, but you know, putting some cards and some frustration on the table, and now they're ch- they're talking. Yeah, yeah. And I, I feel like um, millions of people are watching. You know, people like Elon on what what they what he can do. Uh, you know, f- with Tesla, with SpaceX, and uh, the Boring Company, and now Twitter. Um, I feel like lots of people can start taking what they like from Elon mm-hmm. and not, you know, leaving behind what they don't like about Elon and and being seen more courageous and more bold to create mm-hmm. uh, the future they want. Mm-hmm. So they are not waiting for politics Politic, politicians or the government or their company their where they work to give them happiness that they actually take charge mm-hmm. uh and 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 realize that they create their own universe their own everything they experience is through their senses so there's no out there like i'm experiencing you right now here mm-hmm. through my senses so it's it's whatever i choose to have as filters how I listen to you, how I mm-hmm. see you, mm-hmm. is gonna be my reality. So mm-hmm. your reality, my reality, they're they're different. And and then sometimes we come together and we have conversations and we agree and realizing how still we agreeing, I will never know what life is through your eyes, mm-hmm. through your body, mm-hmm. through your experiences, through your hearing. Yeah, that's a really powerful um uh, perception as well as is to to really have that grace to allow people to be who they are and to not not judge them for who they are because we have no idea what circumstances or what feelings but we can invite them to see things in a different way we can invite them to show them and show them things in a different way but i think the only, the best way to try to accomplish that is to you know give them the the space especially one on one to understand what they are i heard a great quote that um said i don't care what you think until i think that you care and i thought that's that's a really good starting point and that's again a part of my project and the listening part you know when you really show somebody that you care and 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 if you're you know if you're a, approaching it like oh i'm going to switch you to my way of thinking that's the wrong approach the approach is i want to understand where you're coming from and you leave it at that you 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 can leave the the that's your only objective. And then if the person is genuinely curious and you've done your job well and you've created a connection, like now I understand who you are. They're probably, you know, who are you? This is what I am. This is what I have to say. But that's never the objective from the start. Or, it, you know, and again, that's hard to do because we're all self-oriented. We all have our agendas, our ideas, our beliefs that we want to impart on other people. You know, we'd be so much better friends, Fernando, if you just agreed with all the things that I agreed with. But that's not necessarily true. And, and the differences can be really good growing opportunities. And if you approach life and people and relationships with that curiosity of understanding where they're coming from, then I think it's it's oftentimes, not always the case, but oftentimes it's reciprocal. They become curious on you. Again, I don't care what you think until I think that you care. Well, then listening to what you have to say, you know, now there's- Yeah, yeah. You know, and then- having then the 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 discipline for oneself to fill his cup or be sufficient so that one a person can be a hundred percent if i fill my own cup my own love tank with my needs wants and boundaries my needs met my wants uh uh gifted and boundaries respected then i'll have the 
resources to listen mm -hmm. to someone mm -hmm. from nothing. Like where I'm giving the listening, I'm granting them being, so to speak, like where they can just be and I'm being empty listening. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the greatest gifts a person can give another, which to me is also love when a person mm -hmm. can listen mm -hmm. from, from nothing and just be in the presence of a person performing their who they are through words and I, I absolutely agree with that and that was part of that you know coming back to that um that sales you know men and women relating with each other that I touched on that a little bit was you know uh listening is the one of the most generous things that you can do with another person which is exactly what you were saying um and obviously you have to, to take care of your own needs as well but uh, just just recognizing that when you take the time for somebody that you're really doing uh, you're giving them a huge favor. Your, your time is the most valuable thing that you have. Um, and so when you're sharing, when you're listening to them in that way, you can also be looking at your clock going, my time is valuable and making it about you. And that's okay. Um, if the person is, you know, not serving your interests or working against you, but there's also a lot of, there's also a lot of um, uh, opportunity and just being at peace with somebody and, and sharing and, and allowing them to open up to you a little bit and to find out their perspective, even if it's totally different than yours, it can help, you know, validate your own idea or maybe question some things that you thought were true about yourself. I mean, I've met some people that at first glance, I was like, I'm not going to get any value out of this. And after I just sat and listened to them and just didn't judge, I was like, that was profound. And the opposite is true too. You think sometimes you think, oh, this person has all these great ideas, but maybe you have so many things in common that you're you're uh, validating each other, but you're not really growing because you're not really challenged in that way. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So, so that can be helpful too, just to just to be around people of a different mindsets than yours. And when you show them respect, that's that's good good for your own. Um, personality and, and growth i think yeah and the importance of challenges in life for growth yeah like from fitness to uh like having challenges help growth and um fascinating how about one last question for you in regards to friendship because okay. the the few weeks that i've known you you've shared about uh, some of your relationship with friends and that I feel like it's 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 something that um, it's to be treasured. Mm -hmm. So, what could you say uh, to people listening, watching, that you have created in your life some systems in when it comes to friendships? So you cultivate cultivate friendships that are people that you know they support you, but they also cha challenge you a little. Mm, okay, the cha the challenge one would be good. Um, I don't really. It's funny, like. I just try to be with people and just to try to do exactly what I just said, to try to listen and um, be available for people to share what they want to share. Um, one of the lessons for me growing up was that I, I'm a fixing kind of person. So if something's wrong or if there's something out of place, I think, ah, I want to get on this and fix it. And I kind of saw people that way. Like if you're struggling with something, I can fix it. Um, and I think since then, I've just learned to just become a little bit more, not fully, but a little bit more in the the, uh, the secondary role of just, just listening and, and just being supportive in the sense of 
you know, finding out what their needs are. And, you know, and if I can help somebody with, with that's uh, struggling with something, it could be something fixing, doing a repair on their house, or maybe an emotional thing of, of working through a, a relationship difficulty. I think doing a lot of input and, and letting them speak. And then if I share stuff with them to really, really hopefully make it something that's not trying to tell them what to do, but maybe inviting them to see it in a certain way, because I think that perspectives are, you know, the most powerful thing that we have. And a good perspective can leave you feeling hopeful and optimistic and generous. And the opposite is true also. So I think that if you if you practice those types of things, friendship occurs naturally. So it's not like I have this objective with friendship. I just have this objective with how to relate to people. And I feel like, you know, I'm always trying to refine my gift of leaving the world a little bit better than I found it. And that means everybody that I come in contact with, I try to you know, help them in a way that will be helpful for them, not, not my definition of help. Um, and it, with whatever time that I have, I, you know, I, I try and spend it on that. And like I said, that friendships occur naturally from that. For me, I think that's probably my best way of characterizing that. I love that. Um, are you currently in a men's group? Yes, I'm in uh, two groups that uh, meet kind of infrequently. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yes, awesome, awesome. I uh, it, it's I have been in men's groups throughout the years. I've been thinking about um, hosting one that's also a book club. Mm, nice, so I like it. a men's uh -huh. group slash book club. Do you think people would be interested? I think so, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean that's typically the especially the book club that's typically the domain of women. Mm -hmm. That's how we characterize it. But yeah, for for the men, I think that's a great thing too. Um, and then for those who don't read, maybe a YouTube video club. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. We just watched a short video. No, but it's, it's yeah. <laughs> no, it's funny because I, I belong to a really big, uh, uh, meetup group called thinking while drinking here in San Diego. It's got tens of thousands of people in it, but what they do for their format is they just have a, um, like a three to five minute video. And then they do a discussion about that. So it doesn't have the commitment of set for, for going a couple of weeks. But of course, you can't get the level of, of depth that you can with a book. But it's it's, yeah. it's a nice, easy way to kind of come in. I like that a lot. So I might sign up for that one. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's a great group. And there's there's a lot of good people in it. So yeah, I was thinking of maybe starting with the book, uh, either The Way of the Superior Man, okay. which I think should be titled The Way of the Superior Person, because mm -hmm. I think it goes for both there. Yeah. Uh, the teachings of that book or Think and Grow Rich, mm, okay. which has one of the chapters is on masterminding. And I think what, that's what men's group yeah. help with is yeah. how to create a, a bond with uh, self and also others mm -hmm. in a very healthy way. I like that's it. growth oriented and that's uh, uh, love oriented, community mm -hmm. oriented. Um yeah, I think I'm, I might start that and I'll probably invite you to help. I like it. Yeah, at cool. any capacity that you can there. Terrific. Cool. Well, thank you for your time. I really appreciate, you know, I know you're probably supposed to ask me that, but I, I appreciate your time in putting this together and being part of this, uh, co-collaborating with this project. For sure. Yeah. This is great. Yeah, thank you for saying yes. Uh, yeah, when I first... I, when I met you, I said, Hey, uh, you just, you talked about your father. And I was yeah. like, I want to interview your father. <laughs> and then the more I talked about you, I was like, Hey, no, I want to interview you. Yeah. <laughs>
I'm sure he'd love to to talk as well. He's got some great stuff. My dad's my dad's uh, best quote that everyone seems to love is "You can't do life wrong," and I've always liked that. And no matter who I say that to, they always go, "Wow, that's a really good one." And I think it gives everyone permission to be who they are, and to be and to know that it's okay where where you are. So I think that's a good place to leave it to. You can't do life wrong. Mm. Yeah, let's end with that. <laughs> you can't do a live role. Jesse Karras, thank you so much for being here. Looking forward to more conversations like this. Absolutely. Uh, and also interviewing your father. <laughs> <laughs> and for anyone watching, listening, um, how can people find you and connect with you? Well, um, there's a couple of different ways. Uh, you know, I've got the book that you mentioned. We'll maybe we'll put links to those. Uh, and the Common Respect Project. Um, my information is on on the websites and everything uh as far as however what project you're interested i have a website for each one but um my email is just jesse at karis.com that's the easiest way thank you jesse yeah thank you so much all right everyone here you have it uh another episode of daily freedom uh let us know what you've taken away from this conversation hopefully you've taken uh, one two or three takeaways that you can then share with someone right away if you have had a moment of inspiration, uh, motivation, share with someone that's going to increase your odds of actually implementing this newfound or this reminder uh, uh, for, from what Jesse and I spoke about, whether it was in listening to people, respecting people, respecting self, having your uh, cup filled first mm -hmm. so that you can uh, bring your full uh, whole self to relationships. Mm -hmm and yeah. uh tune in next time uh share like comment below and uh thank you jesse one more time and bye bye for now till next time <laughs>